Amen. If you need a title this morning, um, it's not all that we're going to talk about, but we have to talk about it a little bit. Um, I titled it Our Adversary. No one likes to talk about adversity, but sometimes you need to talk about the things that are wrong so that you can really appreciate the things that are right. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord God. We've come to bless you this morning, Lord, and thank you for the time that we have, the liberty and the freedom to gather together, to be assembled in your presence, Lord God, so that we can learn of you, Father, so that we can become a disciple, Father. We can be disciplined, Lord God. We can be instructed, Father, and trained, Father, in the word of righteousness. So we thank you for it. And everybody said, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, so I'm sure everyone is uh, familiar with adversity. I think we understand that there are tribulation tests and trials that come in our season in this life on this earth. We can't stop it. The Bible says that we're going to have them, but we can do something when we're going through it. We can do something to recognize it. We can do something coming out the other side of it. We can do something about it. For the enemy to tell us you can't do anything about it, he's a liar. Because Jesus already did something about it. And Jesus said he is a defeated foe. So if he was Jesus' defeated foe, he's our defeated foe. Amen? Amen. So I want you to turn. I'm going to use the Amplified um, Classic to read um, 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 11. And we're going to see exactly where our position is and our take about adversity. Amen? It says, Be well balanced, be temperate and sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, so we all have the same enemy. No one has a more difficult enemy, a stronger enemy, a weaker enemy. We have the same enemy, and he's the devil. Roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger. He's seeking someone to seize upon and devour. So he is looking for opportunity. When he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he said... You know, it, it tells us that he, was, he went away for an opportune time, that there would be another opportunity. That's what he looks for. He looks for opportunity. He wants to bring adversity into our life. He, wants, he, he hopes, because this is all he has, that he can pull us off and pull us away from truth. Because if we're pulled off truth, then what else is left? the lie. There's no middle ground. <laughs> there's, no, there's no middle ground. It's either light and darkness, blessing, cursing, um, death and life, truth and the lie. There's not a middle ground to stand on and say, well, you know, this, uh, it'll be okay. No, it's either, it's either or. It's either you're on the truth with the truth or you're giving yourself to the lie and you're letting that lie you know, come at you, and the thing about it is you don't want it to get in you. It's one thing to come at you. You know, there's things 
let's think about when we live in a house. There's things outside that house. That's why we shut our windows. We shut our doors. We don't want the creepy crawly things inside the house. We understand they're out there. But we don't want them to be able to come in. And that's the same way about us. You know, the Bible says we're spiritual beings. We've been given a spiritual life by a spiritual word. And when that word comes, I'm not catching, I tell myself this all the time, I'm not catching the word up in my mind. I'm catching that word with my spirit because that's where it's coming to. And when it's in my spirit and I've got it caught and I've meditated it and I, I now can um, see it and understand it and have perception of it, then I renew my mind which will restore my soul. If you're concerned about your soul, just work on renewing your mind. It will restore your soul. A renewed mind restores the soul. And out from that place, then our body can also, um, you know, gain from it. Because we're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. So we have to think about these things. It says on in verse 9, withstand him, withstand the devil. Stand up against him. Be firm in faith against the onset. What is the, the onset is he's trying to take hold because this is all he has. He's trying to get control of your thought life. He's trying to get control of your will. And he's trying to get control really of um, your emotions. Have you ever seen people, I know you have, we all know people, I could name their names, oops, I could name their names right now. Something happens that doesn't go their way. You're with them, you're right there, everything's fine, everything's good. Just anything doesn't go their way. Their feelings are right here, and you would think the world came to an end. When two seconds ago we were happy, we were having a good time. But something was said, or something wasn't done, or something was done, or you saw something, or you heard something, whatever it is that didn't go your way, my way, and I'm just thrown off. You know what that tells me about myself? I'm not in control like I should be. I'm not in my spirit as I should be. Because nothing should really come to rock our world like that. Nothing should come to be able to snatch my peace like that, to snatch my calmness, to snatch and get me off balance. There's something wrong with that, and you can blame everybody else, but it's coming from you. You were fine five minutes ago. Now your day is wrecked because of one thing that went wrong. What about all the things that are right? What about that? So let's go on. Be rooted and established and strong and immovable and determined. There's something right there. Knowing. See, it's what we know. It's not necessarily what I've heard, but what have I given myself to? What have I learned? What do I now know? I Here's something that I know that I didn't used to know. I used to believe this. <clears throat> I believe that the way you got out of this world and into heaven was 
you had to get sick to get out of here. How do you get off the earth if something bad doesn't happen to you? You know, truly, I know no one likes to talk about this, but, and I won't stay on it, but I thought it would be an accident. You know, something went, went terribly wrong. That's how everyone just got off the earth like that. I never even thought about it other than that's just the way it is. And then I got born again. And then, then I saw that is not truth. It was truth to me at that time for a long time. But then I saw there's no truth in that, that there has to be an accident, a calamity, a, a sickness, something horrible happen, a crisis to get me from point A to point B. That's not the truth. That's the lie. And see, I got that from being under the authority of a ministry that would teach and preach the word. Now, of course, I had to receive the word, just like all of us sitting here. You came to receive the word, or you wouldn't be here, because you could be somewhere else. It's Florida, and it's beautiful out. <laughs> I'm just saying. And there's lots of activities to do. Lots of other places we could be, we could go. But we've come to be trained. We've come to be taught. We've come because we love the Lord. We've come because we've given ourselves to Him, and that we have an expectation and a hope we want to hear so that we can learn, so that we can know, so that we can practice. Amen? We can walk in what we know. Everybody actually does walk in what they know. They'll, they'll say you, you don't, but yes, you do. You can't do anything else but walk in what you believe. I mean, we, we can't unless you put yourself in a hole somewhere and cover yourself up. <laughs> I mean, you, you do walk in what you believe. And you talk what you believe. And you think about what you believe. So we do that. It says, be immovable and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood. That's the whole body of Christians throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while. See, you don't suffer all the time. You don't suffer on into eternity. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who imparts all blessing and favor. So he's a God of grace and he's always looking to impart blessing and favor. Once you get in the Bible and you get in the word and you start receiving that word, the devil gets smaller. <laughs> he does. Him and his ways gets smaller. Him and his schemes and his lies and his deceptions get smaller. I've noticed that in my own life. He gets smaller. Oh, he's still there. I get that. And he still comes by and he still comes around. But he's smaller. He's not such a threat. Amen who has called you with his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. So I am being completed and I'm being made what I ought to be. I believe that. I believe as long as I stick with and put myself under the authority of a ministry that preaches and teaches the word of God and allows and embraces the Holy Spirit to move, then I, I'm sold out to that now. I know that I know. If I will stay with it, then guess what? I'm going to be the one that will be made what I ought to be. I'm going to get there. You're going to get there. 
when we stay where we need to be. It says, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. I don't know about you, I want to be settled. There is shaky, shaky, shaky stuff going on in this world. There is evil, evil, evil reports. A lot of evil reports going on in this world. But yet we have the report of our Lord and it's our choice. Who are we going to believe? Are we going to allow God to settle us? He wants to settle us. His intention is to strengthen us. His intention is to secure us. Are we allowing it? Do we allow it? Sometimes this in me doesn't allow it, right here. Sometimes these don't allow it because I listen to something I ought not to too long. Because because I've been in the Word a long time, I can pretty much catch quickly if I should turn it off, the listening. But sometimes still, I listen a little bit too long. Then I have to repent of it, one, because I know it, and two, I have to like, just make sure it's out of my mind, out of my thoughts, not affecting my will, not my emotions, because nobody will know it like you will know it. I mean, once you fall apart in front of me, I'm going to know it, okay? Because, you know, we're taught. We're taught about the, between the flesh and the spirit. So when our flesh is acting up, I'm just going to say it out loud for everyone to hear, including my flesh. We know when we are in the flesh. We know it. Okay? We just know. We know, oh, that was not anything in the spirit. I just jumped off of the truth, and I just jumped out there in the deep end of the lie. And we can tell that about one another. But it's not that we um, criticize one another. It should be, all right, we'll pray for them. They're having a hard time. We pray for them. We'll speak the word over each other. Amen? We'll, we'll give a word of encouragement. Sometimes that word is a correction. Gosh, I've been corrected zillions of times now over the years. And you know what? I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. I'm not telling you that I took every correction because, you know, I probably didn't because you'd have to be perfect to take every one. But I've taken a lot of them, a lot. And I've thanked God for that, that, all right, that was a correction. I went off somewhere where I shouldn't be. They helped me to recognize it. I can do something about it. And I don't have to walk the whole day in it. I don't know about y'all. I'm not willing to give the enemy not one day. Not one day. He hates me, but I hate him back. Okay, so he's going to strengthen, secure, and settle us. And then it goes on in 11 to say, To him be the dominion, the power, the authority, and the rule forever and ever. Amen and so be it. So we know and understand that Jesus came and he turned over that authority, that power, and that rule to us. He turned over the dominion. And we're learning that. I'm learning that authority. I'm learning that power. I'm learning that rule and that dominion. How to use it correctly. Don't be like the lady I told you with that came to church with us all those years, her and her husband, and she used the Psalms to try to curse the people that were doing her wrong. Because she decided that David, you know, always said bad things in the psalm. I said, but do you finish the psalm? Do you go to the end where David repents and then he speaks for God? 
I mean, do you go there? Because, you know, David wasn't born again. We're born again. You're born again. You, you shouldn't be using the Bible and using the Word to curse people that are doing you wrong. I get they've done you wrong. Because, you know, I, I knew her somewhat. And I get she was being done wrong. But that's not our call. God is the one that will avenge. I do not go to this word and look in this word so that I can find something really horrible and I'm going to just say it over these people. My golly, that is not our call. That is not what we're supposed to do. That is not how you use dominion and power and might and authority. It's spiritual and therefore, it's to be used like that. It's not to be used to get back at people. Amen? Because if anyone wanted to get back at people, we should have been gotten back at, shouldn't we? I mean, thank you, Lord, that you... Thank God that he, he knew I can raise up. I can raise up someone that will stay the course, that'll walk it, that'll keep on the path and deliver my creation. Amen? Because we're all his creation. So there. Um, this is what the word says about an adversary. An adversary is an opponent. So he's always opposing you. So there's no reason to get concerned about that we're being opposed when we're trying to live right and do right. <laughs> I'm being opposed. And it's, it's going to come. It might not be 24-7, but it's going to come. And we will, we will um, experience opposition. But we don't have to fall into the opposition. You can't fight it with your fists. You can't kick it to death. You can't even really... Well, I guess you could speak it to death. You could. <laughs> if you use the word, you could. But, um, but really... You have to realize this. I have an opponent. I have an adversary. I have an enemy. What can I do about it? I stay in the Word. I stay in the Word. I recognize the Holy Spirit in me. And He wants to take the Word that I will stay with and stick to. And He wants to deliver me out from the adversary, out from my opponent. He wants me to win. I win in that situation. I will win in that situation. I, maybe I'm not winning like I want to win, as quick as I want to win, but you know what? I know that I know. It says He will establish me, He will secure me, He will settle me. And I think, I think it's in Psalm 55, but I'm not, I don't know what verse, where it says that He watches over us and He will always care for us and sustain us. And he will see that we are not moved. The righteous will not be moved. So therefore, I must remember who I am in Christ. I am the righteous. The righteous will not be moved. My God is watching over me. I belong to him. I will not give myself to the enemy. I will not give myself to adverse situations. I will not give myself over to the tests, the trials, the tribulation. And you know, it's just a... It's not that hard that you don't step over into it and give yourself to the test, the trial, and the tribulation. It's, it's easy to do. 
You know, it is easy to do. And sometimes you've done it and you look around, but if you can recognize it, you can step back out. See, you can, you can end it right there. You don't have to wait till everything out here gets right. In here, let in here be right and you can end it. You can end it. I can end it. And we have to realize this. I understand things out here are going to go like they're going to go, but in me, I know which way I'm going to go. As soon as I can recognize this is not of God, then I can do something about it. You can do something about it. This life is a powerful life, full of rule and dominion and might and authority. And it's for good. It's for good. And it can happen to you. It's happened to me. The Bible says that submission, if you submit to God and you resist the devil, that he has to turn away. He has to flee. He has to run. He has to let go. When we submit to God, how do we submit? We go to that word and we stay with that word. We hold fast to that word. If, you know, sometimes I have got, sometimes I have spoken the same word, the same word, I bet you hundreds of times because I could not get myself in that position that I needed to be in. I knew what position I needed. But how am I going to get there without the Word? I'm not going to get there without the Word. i got to stay in that Word. That Word is the way I'm going to come out. That Word is how I'm going to live life in the kingdom. That Word is how I'm going to be um, a vessel of glory and honor to the Lord. Because, you know, I just don't want it to be about me all the time. I mean, I don't. I I want to know that I reached out to others, that, I, that I, I was a part of something bigger than just me. I mean, yes, God wants us to take care of ourselves. He wants to see us rule and reign in our own life. But f- for what purpose? There's a purpose in it. So we can step out and reach out and, and get out there and stay out there as long as we need to with what's going on. Church, this is our time. It's our time. We think it's rough, but it'll just get rougher. But as long as you know that you know that you know, this is our time. This is our season. This is our season. And the enemy can't do anything about us knowing that. He can lie about it. He can hope we're ignorant of it. But he can't do anything about those that know. He can't do a thing about it. Amen? All right, so... um. Let's go. I just can't get away from this. I know I've, I've shared this for two months now, but I cannot get over, I just can't get away from this scripture in Colossians 1, 11 to 14 in the Phillips translation. I, I just can't get away from it. I've, I've tried. I've tried to put it down. I can't. I read it every single day to myself. Every day. And I, I it's where we are, and I think we need to know it. 
It says, as you live this new life, are we not living a new life? Have we not been granted a new life? We have been granted a new life. It says so in Ezra chapter 9. It says, as you live this new life, we pray that you will be strengthened from God's boundless resources. So there is always going to be strength available to us. So that, why, why is that strength available? So that you will find yourselves able, oh, to pass through any experience and endure it with courage. I will be honest with you. I have not endured. (laughs) I have not endured every single situation with courage. Courage has come. Courage is gone. Courage has come. Courage goes. But I know, I believe the scripture. I see it in the word. It, it stirs me just sharing it, just when, even when I read it to myself, that there's a boundless resource of God that will strengthen me, and I can endure, and I can pass through. Not pass out, <laughs> and not pass over. I'm not going over yet. I'm not ready to pass to the other side yet. There's too much still to do. Amen. So it's not, it's about passing through. Psalm 23 is not the death psalm. It's a psalm about going through and coming out the other side and trusting in God. Amen. Whew, I came out of a church that every single memorial service, that's what they said. They laid down in the valley and they went on. And then I found out I come into the word church and they go, you're not supposed to lay down in the valley. What? We would rejoice and we would shout. We would be so happy for them that they laid down in the valley and they went on. Wow, did we miss it? Woo! Okay. It says, okay, you will even be able to thank God in the midst. Oh, you will even be able to thank God in the midst of pain and distress because you are privileged to share the lot of those who are living in the light. See, we're living in the light, but you're going to suffer some stuff. It's suffering our flesh is what it's doing. That's what it's doing. You just can't get away from that, can you? you you're going to have to if you're going to get the flesh under. <laughs> you got you to get the flesh under. Um. <laughs> For we must never forget that he rescued us from the power of darkness. Don't forget it. We've been rescued. And he reestablished us in the kingdom of his beloved son. That is in the kingdom of light. For it is by his son alone that we have been redeemed and have had our sins forgiven. We are in a great shape and a great condition if we just know it. And then we have to remember it. And we have to meditate it, and we have to ponder it, and we have to speak it back to ourselves and make a confession of it. Did you know that before you ever profess that way, you need to confess inwardly? You have to confess inwardly because it's got to become a part of you. It has to become a part of you. Then you profess outwardly. Then you speak out. I mean, we got the speaking out so good, we just... I mean, one time I made my mother so mad because after I got saved, a grown-up woman, I said to her, not meaning it, 
um, smart aleck, but she saw it as being obnoxious and rude, and she told me. But I said, Mom, I have finally found what my mouth is to be used for. Because growing up, my mouth always got me in trouble, always. I had the last word. I couldn't say what I needed to say. When I was told to be quiet, I was talking. And I always was in trouble about that. And tr truly, I meant it. I said, I finally found out what my mouth is to be used for. But she didn't see it like that. And of course, she told me I was rude and obnoxious. <laughs> but I know I'm not. I know that I have found out what my mouth is to be used for. Amen? So I just want us to know, we've got to keep that place in Christ. And that's J.B. Phillips' translation, but it says it well also in the other translations. But J.B. Phillips really says it well, that we really have to go back to God, understand He does have those boundless resources for us, understand that we are in a strengthened um, condition, that we are able to go through, through, through things and hold on to our courage. We're able to do that. You know, God told even the Old Testament people, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. So if you aren't afraid, then you have courage. And so that's what we have need of, that in the face of the adversities, in the face of the adversary, in the face of the enemy just trying to wreck our life, we understand that we take up with courage. We have courage right in the face of it, and courage will cause us to take a step forward and not stay where the enemy wants us to stay. He's, he's just betting on I'll just keep them right there in it. And I'll just keep this working. And I'll just keep being against them. And they won't withstand me. They won't know they're able to endure. You know, he's a liar. So when you have thoughts like that, you just have to say, it's a lie. I am able to endure. I am, am able to pass through. I am being strengthened. I do have courage. I will hold fast to the word. I will keep to the good report. I am the blood-bought church of the redeemed. And there's nothing the enemy can do about that. That's already been settled and established. Amen? Amen. Already been settled and established. I wrote a couple things down that people that did submit, even in the Old Testament. Abraham submitted in Genesis when um, he was asked to sacrifice Isaac. He said, here I am, Lord. He didn't run from God. Don't run from God. Run right into him. Run to him. You mess with me, enemy, I'm running to God. I'm telling God everything that I'm going through. I'm going to be honest with him. And then he's going to talk back to me about what I need to do about it, what I can do about it. He's going to talk back to me and show me in the word of God. If you knew how many times I've come into this very room and been wondering or been discouraged, or seeing that something's not moving like it should, knowing that it's not God, but knowing this, if I show up, the Spirit of God will show up. When I tell Him, I need an answer, I need to be able to move out of this, I need, I need something to, to, you know, let go. And I hear the Word. Nobody comes and prophesies over me. I hear the word, and in that word, it just lights up the inside of me, and I go, that's the word. I'm going to meditate that. I'm going to hold to that. 
I think about, you know, a couple years back now when we were asked to come to the altar if you wanted an infusion of strength and courage. Man, because the enemy, since then, a couple times he's really tried to intrude on my life and to stop me in my tracks. But I remember, I remember sitting right there and, and the Lord speaking to me after I had gotten prayed for, hands laid on, saying that because you have received that infusion, you will be able to stop the devil's intrusion. Oh my gosh, I could have shot out of that seat, but it would have disturbed the, the, you know, the service. I wouldn't do that, but I knew that I knew God is all over it, even though I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but I said, God's, see, he's out ahead of it, and I caught it, and I heard it. Now, I could have been doing something else and not heard it, but I heard it because I was giving myself to it. Amen? Amen. It, it's just good when you know that. Um, another one, Moses at the burning bush, he didn't even want to do what God asked him to do. He did not want to go to the king. He did not want to lead the children of Israel out of captivity. But you know what? He still said, here I am. It says it right in the Bible. I looked it up in Exodus chapter 3. Here I am. He said it. Believers are supposed to. How many times has Pastor Bob asked us to say, here I am, Lord? He's preached to us. The gifts have manifested. And he, at the end of the service, has us make a confession about, here I am, Lord. Here I am. So believers have to say that. We should be saying that. I mean, it's just really something the way, what about, who else? Oh, I know someone that I didn't write down. What about Samuel as a little boy said it? Out of a sleep, he said it. He's just a kid. But yet he knew to say, here I am. He knew. So here we are in a born-again state, totally alive unto God, having a place to come, to actually be trained and discipled and we can't stay the course, we can't get it, we can't keep on the path, so we step off, we get right back on, we know we're off the path, we get right back on the path. There's not, it's not days and weeks and months and years. To tell you the truth, the sooner you get on it, the, the quicker nobody knows you got off of it. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Not every time you stumble, you fall. I've tripped, but I haven't fallen. I've just stumbled, and I'm just right back up. And unless you were staring at me right there on the scene, you would have never known I stumbled. Never. Amen? We got more going for us than we think, okay? I mean, there is a devil, I get that, but we got way more going for us than he has. Way more. Amen? Um, I wrote a couple thoughts down I want to share with you. One is about submission to God. A submission to God will enable us to keep functioning or stay that path in that course to get us through and to keep us in God's will. You know, you want to, you want to be kept in God's will. You want to stay in His will because that's the best way of life for us is in His will. Not just out there any old place. I get we're still saved, we're still born again, we're still going to be in heaven. But I'm talking about being in His will, submitted to His will that will cause you to stick, to have stability, to have steadfastness, 
that everything doesn't have to come and shake you. Those emotions don't have to crawl up on your shoulders so it's so easy for somebody to poke you. Sometimes I dare him to poke me. I dare you. Because I'm not going to turn my back on God. I'm not going to walk out on God. I'm serious. We, we got to get like that. Um, let me share another J.B. Phillips scripture with you. This is a good one too. It's um, Hebrews 6, 11, and 12 in the Phillips translation. And this is what the heading says. The heading says, we want you to make God's promise real through your faith, your hope, and your patience. If we're exercising faith, if we keep with hope, if we have patient endurance, God's promises will become real to us. They'll become real. It says this. I'm going to read 11 and 12. It is our earnest wish that every one of you should show a similar keenness in fully grasping the hope that is within you. I've looked for hope to come from the outside. I've done it before. I've looked for peace to You know, I, where's the courage? Where's the expectation? What is it? Where, where, I can't find it. But it says that's within you. We do not want any of you to grow slack, but to follow the example of those who through sheer patient faith came to possess the promises. So don't ever be told that you can't possess the promise. I've had some good old talks with the Lord about this very subject. His word says without a doubt we can possess the promises. Whatever promise there's needed to be, whether it's personal, corporately, whether it's out there, you know, dealing with the world, I can possess the promise. And he wants me to do that. He wants me to endure. He wants me to possess that promise. Um... Proverbs 10.4, let's go to this. And this will be in the New King James. Proverbs 10.4, this is just a good scripture to end with. 10.4 says, He who has a slack hand... wisdom. You can become poor because your hand becomes slack. And by that I mean this, you don't press in to him to press on. I'm pressing into God to press on through this life. I have a season, you have a season. We're just going to get that one season. I want to be able to press on in my season. But I won't be able to press on if I'm first not pressing in to the Word of God by the Spirit of God. I've got to recognize, I've got to be persuaded of this, because if I don't get persuaded, 
I'm not going to be ready to press on when the adversary shows his ugly face. When he comes with the lie. When he comes with deception. What am I going to do about it? I can't do anything. <laughs> He's a spiritual being just like God. I have to get in the Word to stand against Him, to withstand Him, to be strengthened, to take on the courage that I need. That's how I have to do. I have to do that. It says in Galatians 6, it says this, If we will withstand the enemy while we are doing good and not grow weary, then guess what? That our season will be coming and we will not give up. But if we give up, your season will not come. You will not have the answer that you need. You will not realize the promise that you were going after. You know, there's a reason why, there's a reason why I want health. I want health so I can continue to be a part of whatever God's doing. I want to be able to be involved in it. I don't want my health to tell me, you cannot be involved this time. You can't be involved with that. You can't be involved over there. Um, I don't want my finances to be in lack so that I can't be involved in giving. I want to be able to give. I want to be able to be a part of. It's amazing what one can't do, but many can. It is amazing to me what happens like that. I've witnessed it and witnessed it and watched it and watched it and heard about it and been a part of it. So it's too late to tell me that can't happen. I want to be a part of that. I want to have good relationships, right relationships that pleases God, that doesn't suffer me or suffer anyone else. I want good relationships, godly, righteous relationships, upright. Can I witness to the people that aren't upright? Yes, but I'm not spending all my time and that's not going to be, I'm not going to be in relationship with them. I've told you this before. I've lived in the same place all my life. There's a lot of people we know and that's known us forever. Some people grew up and went the right way. Some people didn't. I can't, I can't keep a tight relationship with the people that didn't, that always want to do something else. Want, you want to go, you know, crosswise from what's right. Nope, that'll take up a lie just like that'll take up the truth. They, okay, there's no truth over here, I'll take up the lie just as easy. That's not the relationships I'm going to build. I'm not doing that, okay? I'm not. I'm just saying. It says that the... There's another scripture in the Bible somewhere that says that the righteous will never be moved, but also the righteous will always have a foundation. Always. Our foundation is the Word of God. Amen? Okay. Um, I'm going to close here because I, want to, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the, the giving and the offering part. Okay? So let me talk to you a little bit about the offering and then we'll pray. You know, I was thinking about the offering, and I was thinking about there's tithing, there's seed sowing, and there's a purpose of heart where you can free will offer and give to what you want to because it comes alive in your heart to be a part of it and give. And you know, the tithe is holy. That belongs to God, and it's, the tithe really is holy, and it's, a, it's, it's a, a time to worship God. And then there's the seed sowing that you know if it's kept in the ground and taken care of, that seed will produce a harvest for us. 
that seed will produce. We do, we sow seed corporately, we tithe corporately, and it's produced and it's holy, and we also freely give corporately in this body. That's how, whatever you're taught, we're operating in this body as a corporate body. The leadership operates in that. So there's free will offerings that out, is out of the purpose of your heart. But all of them are righteous acts of giving. All of them, the grace of God is upon it. All of them, God wants us to be able to enter into these things without it being a hardship, without us, you know, I used to think that, well, if you tithe or you have to, you want to put an extra seed or you want to give to someone, then you'll have to go without something, you know, whatever. That's really not the truth. But I used to think like that. I'll give up something to give someone else. That is not God. Not really. I mean, it sounds good and you might have to start out that way, but that's not God. God is an abundant God, and he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think about or even ask of him. So I just want us to think about the tithe being holy and the seed that's sown. You can name that seed. You can have a purpose for that seed, and that seed can produce a harvest for you, wants to produce a harvest for you. And then also about free will offerings that you can give freely from the purpose of your heart. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you, Father, for this time to come and sit at your feet, to take this time and give it to you, Lord God, to sow this time, Father God, to give this time, Father, because you are God and we love you, Father, that you have sent your very spirit to live in, on the inside of us, the believer, Father, to never leave and never forsake us, Lord God, to keep on keeping on, Father, with us and in us, Lord God, and through us, Lord and beside us, Father, you just are there all of the time, Lord God. We thank you for the word that's come forth. Holy Spirit, help us to catch hold of this word. Help us to have a hunger and a thirst for more of you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for that. We thank you, Father, for an opportunity to give. It is an opportunity, Lord. It's not out of compulsion, Father, but it's following after the word, being willing and being obedient. One, to stand up, and teach the word, two, to enter into what we're being taught, Lord. So we thank you for it. We praise you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.